Nick, I've done enough bad podcasts in my life that I think it's pretty evident I'm not going to make it to heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, it's another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Gerald is here with you, and man or machine, I'm not sure, right across the way, joining me yet again is Nicholas. What's up, brother? Zero, 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 one. <laughs> zero, 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 one, one. Zero, 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 one, one, one. Zero, 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 one, 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 one. Yeah, there he is. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? Gareth Edwards, the creator, we're discussing creator. this week. Ooh, I'm ready. I'm excited. Uh, I've got my... I've got my Jerry Gergich pop figure here. I don't know why I picked that up to show it to y'all, but there it is. Mm, there he interesting is. Interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're welcome. So, uh, yeah. That, speaking of this sad thing is speaking about movie stuff, and I just I, I just never got a chance to get around to it. And this weekend, I was mm-hmm. so exhausted this weekend, I never would have been able to do it anyway. But they actually, um, I got Uncle Rico uh, here. Yeah, you do. From Napoleon Dynamite. And uh, they were here. They were here in Ithaca this weekend. Uh, he, John Ooh. Heater. John Grease, uh, John Heater, oh. and um, Efren Ramirez were here, and they down at the down at the State Theater. They actually like did a Q and A thing with. Oh wow! They played Napoleon Dynamite, and they did like a Q and A thing. I, I I learned about it months ago, and then I really wanted to go, but I never bought tickets for it because I just kind of never bought tickets for it because my life is <laughs> a literal whirlwind of chaos all the time. And then like if I even if I had bought tickets to it this weekend, I'm gonna be hundy p. I probably wouldn't have gone because I am so absolutely just ripped of any kind of energy mm-hmm. like whatsoever yeah, we were like, we were talking about that before we started recording i'm in the same boat man i don't know what is going on the last few weeks but i'm just like so tired i mean a lot of it has to do with my kids let's be honest <laughs> but aside from that i'm not quite sure but i'm with you but hey we had to get together and talk about this new what people are calling a sci-fi classic nick and one of the best sci-fi movies of the decade and a masterpiece uh we'll 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 put a pin in it we'll get we'll get there we'll talk about the creator tonight but before we get there nick and we give our thoughts on the film we always start every episode with what we call one big question you could ask yourself a question i have a lot of questions number one how dare you how dare you indeed how dare us well (laughs) one big question every week we pitch each other a question that is somewhat inspired by the movie that we are reviewing so my one big question for you, Nick, in thinking about this film, The Creator, and really just kind of, even if this film didn't exist, just the kind of rise of AI in the last year or two, if in your life you had the ability to capture artificial intelligence to do something for you that you do yourself currently daily, just a daily activity, what would you want AI to do for you so you could take that off? of your plate and not have to worry about doing it yourself content editing <laughs> mm. and i don't that's don't tell good. me that don't tell me that you don't like that answer with you know also having to that's like edit good. the video for like this show when it goes up on the tube yeah like yeah. like content content editing like if i didn't have to edit content granted i mean i could hire a, a human editor to do it as well but i you know i don't make any money from content production so that just be money i'm burning pretty much true but yeah, like I mean, yeah, that would be. I, I could make much more content if I didn't have to. Uh, I if know. I didn't have to, you know, do it. What about you? Well, for me, it's stupid, but it's grocery shopping. <laughs> like I, and when I say this, let me let me tell you, this is all encompassing. So this is like the AI would know what I need in the house. Okay, maybe it would be like once a week or something like that. And it would know what I need. It would know what we were out of, what we're running low on, our inventory. And it would make the list. It would do the shopping. It would bring it home. It would put it away. I, I'll pay for it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll give it my credit card or whatever. But, like, I just, I, I can't. I had to go to Costco today and the grocery store today with my kids. And that's actually what made me think of this question. I just need AI to start doing this shit for me. 
I can't I can't do that because like I got to be in the place with the food. I know like, you're a food guy. I like I to put together like my different recipes, and I like I to know. try to think about what am I going to make, and then I'm like, ooh, let's do this. But I'm like, ooh, let's add this to it, and like I'm just I grabbing know. like various different things off the shelves. Consequently, I probably take much more time to grocery shop than you do, so I would benefit more from having <laughs> AI help in that sense. But it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't necessarily it, it wouldn't necessarily benefit me i don't think in that way because it would remove they would move the creative aspect of uh, that's no. why it's that's why it's an interesting question to answer because even when i said content editing that's almost not a good answer for me either because editing is my favorite part of any creative process and i think that's when mm-hmm. you make the true magic i think that's when you make good content great is through editing and mm-hmm. i think if you remove that like away from me like if i if i didn't have that in my hand now granted could somebody probably edit some of the things i do better that's a different discussion. That's a different argument. But just in terms of like the creative ways that I think of how I'm going to cut this or how I'm going to do this, I don't even know if I'd want that taken away from me. I'm changing my answer to nothing. Nothing. Can you can you repeat all that? Because I edited everything out that you just said. Wow. <laughs> wow. Sleep. That's what I'd have AI do for me. Uh, sleep. There you go. Sleep. Yeah, that'd be good. Sleep. Can it, can it sleep for me? Can it... Uh, or no, you yeah. know what? Maybe like if if I'm if I'm hitting my cal track my calories is that a thing? Because I hate I hate tracking calories. I mm, want it to track yeah. my calories, and then as soon as I go to take a bite where I'm like over that calorie, it just whaps the fork out of my hand. Maybe sure, the fork yeah. has AI and it just jumps out of my hand and runs away, or stabs me in the leg or something. I don't know. All this is going to happen at some point, so let's you know we're just ahead of the curve. So I think that's something that's doable for sure. Does the fork talk to me? Is it like Beauty and the Beast, basically? Did we just write Beauty and the Beast? Oh, like, we did. Well, like uh, a machine, like robot version of it in the future? They're dancing on the tables and doing musical numbers. It's great. Gerald's going to play <laughs> the Beast. They're not even going to have to do makeup. <laughs> oh, man. You're so sweet. <laughs> what, what, uh, what question do you have for me, buddy? Did you get one for me? <laughs> All right, so mind G is a little bit like philosophical, right? Mm. So like you mentioned, like how AI has become like this more prominent thing over like the past year or two, and it seems to have driven this alarmism from some people for whatever reason because they watch like you know Terminator and The Matrix and are just assured that the machines are going to rise and murder us all. So mm-hmm. seeing this movie, and I mean we'll talk about more specifics of this movie when we get there, but this movie very much wasn't that. That's a little bit what I was expecting when I sat down to watch it. But I want to know what side of the fence are you on? Are you an alarmist who thinks that AI is going to murder us all? Or are you like, or do you believe that it will somehow work in, 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 in you know, synchronize with mankind, like beneficially? Whatever? Man. Wow. What a deep uh, discussion this could be because, um, you know, I've never really had this discussion with anybody like just having a conversation about it, even though I kind of think about it frequently being in, you know, doing all this editing that we were talking about and uh, on YouTube and AI starting to be incorporated into a lot of different things that we kind of have our, our hands in. So I'm not, I don't think I'm at the point in my head where it's going to be like the Terminator or, you know, rise of the machines. I don't think I'm really afraid of that happening. Could that happen? Am I a person that thinks that's possible? I think that is possible hundreds of years from now that something like that could happen. But it's weird because even those kind of fears that are still kind of exist there for me, it's very exciting with the technology and the things that are being done. And I don't know, man, it's like one of those things where it's like I love it and I kind of hate it. You know, it's strange. I'm kind of middle. I'm kind of in the middle, to be honest. But I'm not. I'm not an alarmist where I think, "Oh my God, we're all going to die because some code is going to write us off the earth." I don't think that. But I do see some of this stuff, like the deep fake stuff. You know, where people are being like, you know, celebrities are being like mimicked and stuff. And uh, I just saw Mr. Beast. uh, Somebody sent out like a video to a bunch of Mr. Beast followers of him saying that he was going to give them $10,000 if they did X, Y, Z, and it was all fake and it looked like super real. So that kind of shit, like I I don't like, and it worries me uh, and how that's going to kind of be regulated. But I'm not an alarmist to answer your question. I don't think the machines are going to kill us. What about you? 
Uh, definitely not an alarmist. No, I, I think that being alarmist about such a thing is kind of silly and overblown because uh, here's the thing. If it's going to happen, you can't stop it anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it's going to it's going to progress on whatever track it's going to progress on. So just live live your life the best you can. Just live every day the best you can. Make the best of, of, of every day of your life and just, you know, hopefully it'll be hopefully it'll 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 be. I, I think I think a lot of people look at like mankind and look at a lot of life a lot more cynically than i do i i tend to really think that despite you know everybody everybody's like oh my god we're living in like the worst time and every it's the worst everything's terrible in 2023 like it's literally the worst and i I don't necessarily think that i think there's a lot of good people out there i think there's Mm -hmm. there's um a lot of good in the world i think it's not maybe as easy to access as just you know you flip on uh you flip on any kind of social media and you know, negative trending. Like, I mean, there's, there's whole, there's whole platforms of things like just rage content where people just pit, post stuff to get engagement, just to piss people off because they know yeah. that people are going to respond to it and people are going to, people are going to like engage with that. And it automatically drives views. And it like, there's just content farms that just pump out like garbage, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it, it's, it's a lot easier to see that because social media rewards, that kind of that kind of thing and like you know people are always jumping on like anything negative but i think there's i think there's a lot of good in the world yeah to your point though ironically that's ai in a lot of cases <laughs> because you know the social media is using those ai generators to kind of get that uh code to know like what people want and what they watch and what their history is yeah. and I still think it's really cynical. I I, yeah, I still think it's really sure. cynical to to, to believe that uh, the world the world's going to be what you're going to make of it. So you know, just do your best to make the world uh, a better place every day in whatever tiny little way that you can, and you know, do your best to make your life leave some kind of positive impact behind you. I guess that's the that's the most you can do. I, I like it, man, and, I, and I'm on board with you there. So that was our uh, one big question for this week, Nick. Thanks for that. Now, uh, we're getting into the creator here, so we're going to try to make the world a better place for the next 30 or 40 minutes as we discuss this movie. I'm excited to see what you thought of it. But before we dive into the deep discussion, we give our score oh, up top yeah. out of 10. We didn't tell each other. We don't know what each other's score is. We're going to give our individual scores out of 10. Damn it. This always happens. I think I'm going to score, and then I never score. It's not fair. Six. Wow, I'm surprised. Six out of ten from you. Seven. You're terrible. Seven out of ten from me. I got nope. to use the same sheet of paper I used last week, by the way. Now, Gerald, we've done this math before on the show. That's thirteen. Can can you go from? Can you get it from there? You got it. Um, it's, it's twenty six. Just multiply it by two. Yeah, you're you were on the right track. Just multiply it by two. Uh, wait, wait, wait. It's twenty six. Denominator. Uh, do a fraction. Wait, uh, decimal point, decimal point. No, wait a minute. It's 13, right? So what's that? That's <laughs> it's 6.5, Gerald. Oh, six and a half. You threw me with the 26. I'm wow. like, wait, what? We gave, this, we gave this a 13. <laughs> All right. What is that? 6.5 cumulative, <laughs> cumulatively from the peas on the crater. Dude, I'm surprised. So this is spoiler free for a few minutes here, Nick. Uh, on Gareth Edwards, the creator. So... I want to hear what you have to say, your initial thoughts, because I'm a little surprised. I thought you were going to walk away just with a love fest with this thing, because I know you love Edwards. We talked about that a little bit last week. Yep. And this, for whatever qualms we may have about this when we get into it, this is a pretty original sci-fi film. It's not, you know... Is it, though? A a franchise. Well, I mean, it's not attached to any other, you know... Okay, it's not a franchise movie, but that doesn't make it original. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy, here we go. So get into so tell me your initial uh that doesn't of make it story necessarily necessarily original. We've seen this kind of thing of I agree. you know, like I, I saw like a, a lot of different comparisons. I was like reading like different reactions to this movie and stuff online after I saw it. I saw a lot of a, a lot of comparisons to James Cameron's Avatar, mm-hmm. and I a hundred percent see those. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I definitely think the the film has some good performances. And I think the film, the, the the effects of the film are fantastic. Like the, oh, yeah. the robots and the synths and all that stuff. Or what are they like? The people, like they're sort of people, but they're not. But they have like the metal, whatever. Uh, like all the effects look really, really great. Like it's really, really wonderfully done in terms of effects. Story is not necessarily uh, knocking it out of the park. And this is the biggest issue for me that I have with the movie. And there are some contrivances in this movie that 
pretty much made me audibly groan in the theater. I'm still going to oh, pass wow. it because I I enjoyed a couple of the performances enough and I was along for the ride enough with like the effects and, and all that kind of stuff that I still think it's an interesting watch. But mm-hmm. the story is not going to take you any places that a different story hasn't already taken you. And yeah, you got to swallow some big pills down the yeah. stretch with this thing. And it's kind of. <sighs> That's the thing for me, too. I, we're eye to eye there because my where this movie misses for me is the story, is the dialogue, is the script. It's pretty paper thin. Um, visually and knowing that this was made apparently on an $80 million budget. And you and I, when we started the show, watched the flash, which was like three times that, <laughs> I mean, this is like, if you put those two movies next to each other, one of them looks like a cartoon from the eighties. And that's the flash by the way. And one of them <laughs> looks like a futuristic freaking masterwork of visual effects. So How dare you besmirch cartoons from the eighties like that? <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> so I don't know, man, I, I, I really, really, liked it for the way it looked and it was it was stunning uh i thought john david washington was a bit dry but i think he kind of always is like he's the very i mean black klansman aside maybe he's always kind of a unanimated kind of character actor i think the problem is is i think he was uneven i think that there are certain aspects of his performance that i feel really invested in i think there were other aspects of his performance where i just felt like it was like i don't know if that was maybe edwards that was part of that or 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 whatever the scenario was but it's like man that was that the best take you had of that one you could have used a different a different read of that line or something maybe like you said maybe it's the dialogue maybe it's just a little bit like clunky Mm -hmm. and doesn't flow as well as it should to really be delivered with the with the with what how it needs to I don't know I don't necessarily mm-hmm. know because like you have Alice and Janney like showing up in this as kind of the antagonist in the movie mm-hmm. and I mean even Alice and Janney who is an absolute masterclass unto herself is kind of flat in this like kind of flat like I don't think her performance is really I, I think she's doing her best she can with the material but I don't think the material is really helping her. Yeah, let's uh, peel back the spoiler warning here, Nick. So going forward, going forward, there will be spoilers for the creator. If you have not seen it, come back after you see the movie or skip ahead to the end of the episode. We're going to be spoiling this thing as we continue to talk. So uh, just to touch on what you just said, though, about Alice and Janney, I thought her character in particular was probably, aside from the young uh, kid in the movie, the mm-hmm. main, the main little girl, aside from her, that was probably my favorite performance in the film, but I do feel like that character got away from itself. Like in the first half of the movie, she was much more interesting, I thought. And uh, Alice and Janney was able to kind of like, cause she has a really kind of interesting backstory to why she hates the robot so much and why she hates AI, AI so much. And her, her character's name is Howell, by the way. Yeah. And we really kind of learn that. And as we learn that, we kind of sympathize with her and we kind of understand why she's being such a bitch, if you will, in the movie. But then when we get to the second half of the movie, she just kind of turns into this like just a mes- paint a my numbers. Twirling, um, yeah, a mustache twirling like, scenery chewing villain. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. And we and we lose that connection to our main antagonist in the film because then it just becomes like, oh, this is just a, any other fill in the blank you know, villain from any other sci-fi movie. And I ha- I hated that. The film the film shifts its perspective pretty abruptly and once you get like a certain distance through the film. It, it completely shifts because of course, you know, you start off the beginning of the movie and Los Angeles was nuked. It was AI's fault. So now we're at war with AI and AI sucks and we're gonna go get AI because AI sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 basically that's our perspective for the beginning of the movie. Like, well yeah, AI caused this thing, like killed, you know, millions of people with a nuclear weapon like of course we're mad at ai of course we'd want to like go and destroy them and 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 do all these different kinds of things and that's when you get like that one tiny little nugget from colonel howell about you know why she hates them so much and everything like that and you know then we get like that opening sequence of john david washington and gemma chan and their characters and you know like all the all those different things like we're as the audience like 
Edwards in this film is kind of playing like I talked about that, like, you know, kind of philosophical question of people like being terrified that AI is going to murder, destroy, mm-hmm. kill us all. Mm-hmm. I think that Gareth Edwards is playing with that idea in yeah. this script at the beginning of it because he's kind of playing on the audience's expectation of that's what you're going in this film that you're going to see. You're going to see a film where AI is like gone rogue and is like coming after us and doing all these things. I certainly like from watching the trailers, that's definitely what it implies, especially like that big giant. What's Nomad is what that big nomad. giant spaceship mm-hmm. is called, but then then you realize that's not an AI ship. That's like the that's like the U.S.'s big, like laser doomsday weapon that's hanging out up in uh, that's hanging up hanging out up in space and everything. And when it shifts abruptly, like into like you can't have her be sympathetic anymore. Once the film shifts into once the film shifts into into like its other perspective, and I think I think that's a disservice because I think you really had an opportunity to have some well-rounded characters on both sides of this story, and yeah. it completely abandons any any attempt at that uh, pretty quickly. You know, it's interesting too because everything in this movie is the human's fault, right? It is mankind's fault there's even a point when ken watanabe's character kind of tells us the truth about the nuke in la and it was actually human error is the reason why it went off it wasn't ai that set it off well and and just to that point before you even continue just to that point that's one of the issues that i have with this movie is why is that why is that little nugget such a throwaway line true that shouldn't have been such a throwaway because like it's like it's the core of this war between like AI and humans mm-hmm. of like this event having happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, why not explore that more? And I mean, I guess maybe the script wasn't just just wasn't interested in it. It wasn't. And that's deep fine. Enough. Yeah, it, that's fine if the script wasn't necessarily interested in it. But like, I was kind of interested in that. And and it's such a flippant way. He just, he, he just kind of casually tosses it out there. And then the film moves on from it without even thinking about it for like another second. And I, I think why mention it at all? Because I did. Was it like, we don't know. Like he could have just been saying that to like get sure. John David Washington's character on his side. Like you never know. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, it, the depth of the screenplay and the, or I should say the lack thereof, the yeah. depth of the screenplay is where questions like that kind of come up because there could have been a lot more explored from, for little things that come up, but then are never, they never advanced on. Like, it's yeah. just like, Oh, you said that. And then that's it. Like, you know, what about like the emotion of the film? Were you connected to that piece with um, John David Washington and, and the young girl in the second half of the movie? Like, my son cried. He's 10 years old. We went to see it together last weekend, and he got pretty emotional at the end of the film. Uh, maybe I'm a cold bastard, but I just didn't feel anything. I don't know. Am I supposed to? I mean, how, what about you? I'm curious. Uh, I mean, I, so I definitely did. I think the one thing that the film really does right is it kind of brings those two characters close together. Now, we're going to talk about plot contrivances in a couple minutes here. I really do think it does an effective job of bringing those two characters together. And um, the young girl that plays Alfie, Madeline, you know, Voyles, uh, phenomenal performance, best performance in this film. She she blows everybody else out of the water in this film. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I really, really think like like she reacts like in like some of those moments with with such emotional power, like there's so much uh, emotion and depth to her performance. I really, really think that that's like the heart and soul of the entire film. So yeah, definitely, it definitely got to me at the end of the film because of where the story necessarily takes it. Now we talk about plot contrivances, G. Yeah. Biggest problem I had with this film. Okay, two biggest problems I had with this film. Number one, it was his kid. I mean, not really, but it sort of. Well, yeah, the mind of his kid or whatever. Yeah. And number and number two, well, it wasn't the mind of his kid. It was like literally the like it was it was Archite- modeled to Architect. be right. Ar- like yeah, built to to be like his kid. And then number two, uh, Maya surviving. And and then Maya having built like it and it, it's it's kind of like like think about like Star Wars and people complained like with Star Wars, you know that like everything like everything's got to be tied to the Skywalkers like you've got to tie everything together to this one family. It's like yeah, mm-hmm. why like I find I found that to be so ridiculously contrived. It's like you're trying to evoke these emotions from me, like you're intentionally doing it, like you're not even you're not even trying to be subtle about it, and like you don't need to do that. I don't think the film needs to do that at all. I think that Joshua and Alfie can still form that connection without it being like 
Joshua. And that's kind of the, the half of John David Washington's performance that falls flat for me when he's literally just in this to just find Maya. Like it's the, it's the whole entire thing that he's just in this to find Maya. I would really have liked it if, cause there's one scene in the movie, like, uh, I don't know, like uh, somewhere in like the beginning of the second act or so where he sees like these synth versions of Maya, like cause she donated right. her likeness at some point or something. I would have loved it if that would have been the end of his search for Maya. And it would have been like, Oh, she really is dead. And yeah, it was it, just it's just these robots. Her. It's just these copies of her that they saw and whatever. But like, I hated the fact that they kept her alive. I really hated the fact that he was so stubbornly just searching for her most of the time. And I double, triple, quadruple hated like on the nomad at the end of the movie, they just randomly happened to have a bunch of synths there. One of them yeah. happened to look like Maya and they happened to bring it to life. Like Alfie managed to bring it to life just so she could have a final moment with As Joshua. Dying, so right? ridiculously contrived, <laughs> yeah. like it's so too much. absolutely yeah. ridiculous. It's like the film is bending over backwards to try to, to try to do these things. And it's, it felt so yeah. forced and unnatural to me. I, I agree. I think that's one of those things that may have played better on paper. Like, you know, it may have read a lot better in terms, but when you watch, because when I was watching it, and a lot of that happens in the final act, what you're talking about, kind of that culmination. And like I said, my son was emotional. I've heard that other people are emotional from it. You know, the connection with the little girl and with. I definitely did a bit. Yeah, I I get it. I get it. But in my head, as I was watching it, I was like, really? All this happened perfectly like this to create this moment? And. At literally the end of their lives. I mean, I don't know. It was just too, it was too unbelievable and too detached yeah. for me at that point. I think a better thing would have been to take that care. Like, like say, say they, they, he, he gets over there and he realizes, no, she really is dead. Cause we saw her like literally get like bombed. Okay. Like yeah. she should have just straight up been dead. And then like he gets over there, but he finds out that, okay, it's not her, but it's a synth version of her. And then the synth version of her comes along with the two of them and they have to become this kind of dysfunctional little family and like kind of learn yeah. to trust and love each other and take care of each other and, and whatever. And he kind of is at odds with himself because she's really dead and, you know, he hates AI and like all these different things, but then she's AI and now he has to like, it's got Maya's face right. and it's like all these different things. Why not have that be the thing? It's like bending over backwards to include a narrative at the end of the, like all that stuff should have been on the cutting room floor. None of that mm. was necessary. Absolutely. None of that was necessary. I agree with you. I, I, I put this movie, I'll just touch on it real quick again. We talked about it in the intro a little bit, but I think that this movie goes way above and beyond what was expected from the from the FX department visually. I think it's probably going to be nominated for visual effects this it year. It should be. It should be. It, re- it really should be, especially based on the budget that they apparently had. I put it up there with like, you know, the Blade Runners of the world, any of the Star Wars stuff. I mean, it is like top tier uh visual effects i mean you know what movie it reminds me of in terms of like the visual effects on a budget that's much smaller than you would think for how heavily like visual effects prominent the film is is like district nine like district nine was not made it was what 40 million dollars or whatever and it looks sensational it looks absolutely incredible like this is another film you know of a kind of similar vein but also it goes to show you that you can have mind-blowing amazing incredible effects and not and 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 you don't have to spend three hundred million dollars like these comic book movies do. I you know? know. Not to take I a know. not to take a shot at comic book movies because that's just cheap and easy. But I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah, and I think um, I just wish I just wish the dialogue and you mentioned the contrivances. I just wish it wasn't as forced at certain moments in the movie because there were times in the film and it was all anchored by Alfie for me, yeah. just like you said. I mean, when she was on camera... Sensational performance. And when it was her story that we were tracking, like, it meant much more to me as a viewer than when we were following him trying to find Maya, because I did think it was ridiculous that she lived through that explosion or whatever. I remember thinking, like, what? And then the, and then the plot twist on top of the plot twist, that she was actually... Uh, was What they call it? Nirmana, I think? Or- Nirmata. Nirmada. Yep. yep. That she was actually Nirmada. And I kind of thought, so I, I thought, I thought for a while, like, okay, is this his kid or is this their kid? But then I'm like, well, it's AI. So I guess that's not possible. It's a robot. So, but it, in a way, it kind of is, like you said. So that I kind of saw coming and I kind of hoped they weren't going to do that, but they did. 
And then I kind of also thought, like, are they going to say she's actually Nirmada? And then, of course, they did. So, I don't know. I just felt like it was a little predictable, I guess is the easiest way for me to put it. It was definitely predictable. You could definitely feel that they were setting that up. And the film doesn't need to do that at all. I think, in fact, like, to watch these two characters who don't have any reason to team up together kind of be forced to rely on one another and trust one another in order to survive and not having any connection whatsoever would have been even better because it cheapens it cheapens the whole message of like because there's 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 definitely an anti-imperialistic and like anti-war kind of Mm -hmm. anti like expansionistic kind of idea in this film where you know, it's critical of, you know, just, I mean, and, and, you know, granted American foreign policy being what it is, you know, just bombing it because it's different from you. You know, I, I definitely right. think all those messages are seeded throughout the film as well. But I, I like I said, I, I think it cheapens this idea that like John David Washington's character losing everything that he has, losing his parents and brother, I think, because of the AI strike, or at least what he so thinks is the AI strike uh, on Los Angeles, the nuke there. You know, he has to come to love and understand and and go on this journey with Alfie. And it just cheapens it if you, oh, it's 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 also sort of your kid, but it's not, but it sort of is. And then, right. oh, Maya's secretly been alive this whole time and is the one that created this robot thing. It's like, like I said, it's so forced. It's so ridiculously contrived. The film doesn't need any of it. And it would have been a lot, lot better for, I would, two, two full points at least if you cut yeah. out. Maya being alive, Maya being the one that created the 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 little girl and like them, like the little girl being modeled off of their their fetus. How do you even do that? Like I don't even know. There's a lot yeah, of weird science and tech stuff There's that you a can't lot really of futuristic shit going on there the, for sure about the film. But I mean, yeah, that was really bad. And I think there's also other areas of the film that they kind of just they dropped concepts that I was hoping that they would play a little bit more with. Mm-hmm. Like they had that one moment where there was like the synth cop played by Amar Chata Patel and he gets killed. But then there's another version of that same synth character, I guess, that shows up at the apartment to murder, you know, to, to try to to try to bring the little girl back in and all these different things. Uh, you know, I like I thought like they, they could have maybe done a little bit more with the different like like we we only kind of get little hints about like what the synths really are or like what they can right. really do. And then there's robots in the movie that are completely different and and, and whatever droids like, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just like straight up like actual droids and stuff, but still just like going about like normal human tasks like people, right. which I thought was mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like a different evolution for sure. One thing I wanted to mention, though, that I did really, really like about the movie, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. And this is more just like a personal kind of like thing I kind of caught myself thinking as I was watching it. And I've actually reflected on it since I saw the movie a couple weeks ago. I thought it did a really nice job, and I thought Edwards did a really nice job of kind of like making me sympathize with the AI that it would actually like, how would I feel in that situation? So if I knew the person or whatever that was with me wasn't human and they were an AI that was evolving, you know, based on whatever technology, I thought the movie did a really good job of making those AI characters very sympathetic and made them feel very real and made it easy for me to connect to them much more than I did to any of the human characters in the movie. I mean, we already talked about Alfie. I mean, that's the A number one example right there. And then Ken Watanabe's character too. Like I really connected with him in the movie. I thought he was, did a, I was a great performance from him. Love. But do you get what I'm saying? Like, I felt like the, even though there was all these contrivances and kind of misses with the script, the actors in certain roles, in certain of the AI roles, at least, really worked for me like I was really like I wonder what I would how I would feel if this was right in front of me if I was experiencing this and I feel like I would be connected to essentially a computer you know what I mean and it's just kind of strange to think of that 
Yeah, and I mean, I, I I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I I don't think the script is interested in you playing around in the space, as it were. Uh, it's it's interested in telling this one straight narrative. It only shows the AI in a sympathetic light. It mm-hmm. only shows like the human characters as you know, like I said, the, like the jingoistic pro war, like let's go bomb all the AI like humans. Yeah. It's it, sure. there's there's no gray area to play around in the space or anything like that, uh, where you could really analyze. Like I said, that's why I would have liked they were they were kind of pushing colonel howell howell to be a more rounded character but then it's like you said you know you start getting about halfway through the movie and all of a sudden she's literally just straight up like a mustache twirling villain you know with her like thug henchman to go run out and and go do whatever i think it's right when she finds that cop that you were talking about actually that's kind of when it started to turn a little bit and she kind of became a little less human and a little more it is yeah which also numbers that's 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 one of the other things that really bugged me about this movie so like this whole she's dropped into like this team is dropped in there to go find this weapon like they're searching for this weapon they don't know what it is at that point they're searching for the weapon that's going to be able to destroy nomad and thus turn the tide of the war which is why you shouldn't sink like a trillion dollar military budget into just one thing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that like I don't even know like why did nothing why did nobody ever try to shoot a rocket at that thing like we never saw anything ever try yeah, to right. actually attack it which I also think was a missed opportunity in this film like there's this giant death station raining death upon you from above like nobody even takes out like a rocket launcher and tries to just go pew and you know like try, <laughs> right. like just to see if it has like some kind of defensive right. system to stop attacks from getting to it or whatever. Like, nobody even tries to attack it. It's just there. It's literally just there, and everybody just accepts that they're just going to have Hellfire rain down upon them. I know. Exactly, yeah. Just utterly like, oh, ridiculous. God. Here comes Nomad again. We're fine. But the whole, team, <laughs> the whole team gets dropped in behind the lines and stuff, and she gets left behind, and she gets captured and arrested. But then, like, the whole rest of the movie, her and her henchmen are basically just able to kind of operate, like like no no problems they never run into any other problems after that like they escape one time and then like they never have any problems after that you know like i like i said i don't know but again this film is it's it's not really i think there's depth to be looked at in it i think it's definitely going for like different themes about like i said like anti anti anti-imperialism and 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 different things like that and you know not necessarily judging something because it's different from you i definitely think those themes are there even though they hit the nail like you know it it really kind of hitting it hitting it hard with you like it's not it's not painting in any gray areas like i said (sighs) yeah i mean god i'm almost i'm almost ready to drop this another another point g stop, yeah, don't stop do trying to yet. talk don't, my score don't lower. Do that yet. then you're gonna have to do math twice in one episode oh god please don't do that i can't i can't take that i need an <laughs> I just, ai i, I think it's enjoyable i i think it's i think for the effects and yeah. i don't i think zimmer's score is good in parts i don't think it's necessarily a home because i didn't realize it was zimmer but i did notice it had a couple of really nice uh tracks that like hit crescendos at different points in the film that i really appreciated and then i found out it was zimmer i was like oh okay makes There's sense, a couple good right? tracks in it you know, and like I said, the the effects and I and, and I think the little girl's performance is, is there, but yeah, I mean, just 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 go in with your expectations checked. I am baffled to see. Of course, there's people online like I like this has also gotten like a ton of one star reviews, like people absolutely bombing it, saying it's mm. the worst thing ever. Because a lot of the stuff I've seen has been like high praise, and I mean, while I liked it and I enjoyed it, I mean, I would I would not put this anywhere near like top ten sci fi or anything like that. Ours is the first middling reaction to this film that i've actually seen or heard. oh wow okay i've seen a lot like i said I, I just i was just looking through reactions to the movie just like early reactions to kind of see like what other people had thought about it and like a ton of one-star reviews because everybody was like oh my god like america's bad we get it white people suck we get it you know because they can't <laughs> yeah, sure like, they, they gotta have that blinder like oh my god i made a i made a white person the bad guy in a movie so like yeah um, they immediately are just like one one out of ten it's got an agenda it's woke or whatever (laughs) yeah but like and it was either that or it was it was like 10 out of like this master i'm just like uh -uh, no like this barely passes for me barely i think that's a great segue because in wrapping up and giving my quick summary and then if you have any last thoughts about it visually this is a 10 out of 10 this is a beautifully a beautiful movie to look at. I mean, yeah. production design, the the camera shots that they use, uh, they filmed this in uh, different angles. 
there were some callbacks to like 2001 a space odyssey so there's some like nice nostalgic stuff in there that gareth edwards did i think this is the best looking gareth edwards film and i love a lot of his stuff we talked about godzilla last week and his better look at the rogue one man i think so it did did have that uncanny valley tarkin and leia in it though i guess so that's an immediate that's an immediate knock against it for me but i mean rogue one i still love i still i still think rogue one like his use of his use of scale and perspective in that movie were incredible by the way this is a very similar uh, story arc to rogue one by the way (laughs) I don't know if you noticed that, but like it's kind of like playing out at the same, the same beats and stuff from a from a storyline. Is that why Disney like made Dan Gilroy take over Rogue One because he wanted to have um, God? I don't even remember the characters' names of that movie now, but like, were they supposed to all be each other's? Like, they were supposed to be a secret family too that they were gonna <laughs> shoehorn in like this giant contrivance into the end of the film. Yeah, they were all up in uh, Nomad sleeping. All of them were Skywalkers, too. Like, all of the people, all <laughs> the right. all the other people were Jalen Erso, and all That's those people right. were all Skywalkers, too. And <laughs> Hell yeah. But we finally found out the connection. So, I mean, you know, I, but what I just wanted to say in wrapping up, I mean, aside from the visual components that were absolutely astounding, uh, I mean, just brilliant, and the performance of Madeline Univoiles, I think is how you pronounce it, uh, was absolutely tremendously phenomenal. breathtaking. Absolutely as well. phenomenal, especially at that age. I mean, she's what eight or nine, maybe. I mean, it was no. it was crazy. That's why I got so emotional at the end because I mean, like her, she absolutely swings for the fences in terms of like mm-hmm. the big emotional hits, and like like con- contrivance or not, like when she's like literally like breaks down in tears, like screaming and crying, like at the thought of like her dad dying and like all mm-hmm. these different things. Mm-hmm. it's it, it's heart-wrenching like it, it yeah. really it really was heart-wrenching like that, that's just a such a genuine like earnest performance out of, out of that young lady just uh, incredible incredible i agree and i thought uh jimma chan was underused i love her uh, wildly was... underused that's why like why not like why not instead like instead of having her be comatose and dead like the whole time like why not put a synth version of her in the movie that John David Washington's character has to try to come to terms with? Like, right. hey, I'm palling around with my wife, but it's not really my wife. But then we all get to see Gemma Chan the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody's gonna complain about that. No, no one, no one. She was great in this when she was in it, though. But it was really just that opening act. I mean, opening yeah. scene. She, I mean, she was good. She was I mean, good she for was what she had to work with. Yeah, but she exactly. she really isn't in the film like at all. So I just wish that, you know, the screenplay had been better. I mean, that's the easiest kind of critique I can throw out there, the easiest way to put it. I just wish it had been a little there a little been a little more depth to it. And they would have explored some of these characters' avenues that they kind of hinted at, which was weird that they kind of teased us with different things and then they never went back to it, like you said. But all in all, I just can't get away from how breathtaking the movie is from a from a technical standpoint. I mean, it's really, really phenomenal what they did. And if they did it on an $80 million budget, which is what I heard, I, I, honestly, I can't believe it. <laughs> I still yeah. can't believe it. I mean, that's printed. That's out there. That's apparently what happened. But it's just, uh, it just goes to show you when you're passionate about a project like Edwards probably was and you really have a vision. I mean, you don't need it. You don't need all this like vomit on the screen and all these loud colors and like just... Tell your story, make it look the way you want it to look. And I think he did a great job in that respect. I just wish the screenplay had a little more depth to it. Yeah, I'm going to caveat that. Tell a better story than this Mm -hmm. one. Because films, like, listen, nobody's writing, like, fully original movie plots these days, all right? Most movies have the same basic plot and plot structure in a lot of ways. Or, the, like, there's a, there's what, there's, what is, what is the, what is the saying? There's, like, there's, like, five basic plots for movies or whatever. Like, it doesn't have to necessarily step outside of that boundary, but you did not have to shoehorn in, oh, it's really his daughter. Oh, his wife was also secretly the creator of the, or I guess her father was, and then, she became she kind of the new creator order, yeah. afterward and like all these kind of different things. And what I, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, she, you know, she was the one that created the super weapon because the, yeah, she created Alfie the little girl, was yeah, going yeah. to Alfie's technology was going to age like a human ages. She was going to age, but get more and more advanced with each year or whatever until she ultimately would be able to control all the other AI and stuff. So it was like a, you know, so in essence, she was kind of creating the next phase, I guess, of AI, which would have 
basically wiped out mankind, or at least that's what they. Again, it's an avenue they don't really <laughs> explore enough so in the movie. Much, but so much, so much space left unexplored in this thing, and that's. I mean, really, that's why I get. That's why I got to give it a six because there's so much. There's too much, in fact, left on the table for this, and it's not in a. I loved it so much, and I wanted more sense. It's in a. You didn't even really fully develop or flesh out this world as much as you could have just in this script. You know, I, I really feel like I and, and I, I don't mind movies just taking us and plunking us down in their world. I think that's I think that's good uh, when a filmmaker has the confidence in their material to just plunk us down in the middle of their world. And we have to ride along with these characters and kind of learn about their world as we take that ride. But I also think that there was just a lot of stuff left on the table. Like I said, I really I one of the one of the biggest um, like grown inducing moments, aside from, you know, the stuff we talked about with the little girl being his little girl and all that. Was like we mentioned that flippant line about like oh it, it wasn't even AI's fault it was it was just a human coding error it's such a flippant throwaway thing mm-hmm. but again it's like you said like you know they were making the AI look sympathetic and it's like yeah because they they're not giving you any gray area to play around in the space they're just giving you just dead straight black and white and I really think a better film gives its audience something to think about when they leave the theater. And I don't think that this film, that's, that's the indictment. That's a sad indictment about this film more than anything. I think, I don't think this film really gives you anything interesting to think about when you leave the theater. I really don't. I think it's pretty forgettable. And at the end of the year, like we're going to talk about like best movies of the year or whatever. It's not going to be anywhere near that list. No. It's probably not going to be near a lot of people's lists. Well, except for the people that gave it like tens out of tens or whatever, but like it's, it's going to be pretty readily forgotten in the in the scheme of sci-fi you know movies it's it's just going to be kind of forgotten about yeah yeah i can see that happening as well well that's our discussion on gareth edwards the creator uh it is a mild recommend from the peas of a 6.5 a 7 for me a 7 for me and a 6 from nick um you know i think I think you need to see it if you like sci-fi i just if if for no other reason to see what they did with the scope and the production design and the effects. I mean, honestly, Check I mean, this your expectations. Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get anything story wise. That I mean, you even if you hadn't heard our review, you could probably figure out the story within the first twenty minutes of the movie. So, yep. uh, the predictability kind of hurt the film a little bit for me too. But there you go, uh, Nick. I did not throw up a comment section this week because I'm a pos. I had a rough week and I was tired and uh, realized I didn't do it about thirty minutes before we started recording. So everyone listening, I will, we will get back on the comment section next week. I'll make sure to put a post up. Speaking of next week, now we're in Oct- October, Nick. Did you get my text earlier or are you going to be hearing this for the first time? Uh, I, I got your text, but I forgot what it said. All right, fair enough. I will r- literally read my text to you on air. <laughs> well, I mean, like you got to tell the audience anyway, so it's like you might as well just say it anyway. I'll just say it, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have a run on horror movie reviews over the next three weeks leading up to Halloween. So after the creator, we're going to be doing <laughs> next week. We will be reviewing the new Amazon original horror movie called Totally Killer. Have you heard of this, Nick? Have you seen the trailer? Do you know anything about it? I have no idea what you're talking about. Never heard of it. Here's the log line. No, I want to know. I don't want to know. I ain't even Just nope. the log I'm line. I'm going to cold. I'm going to cold. All right. Okay. All right. Brr, brr, look okay. how chilly I am. Totally killer next week. And then we still have on the horizon uh, movie reviews for Saw X. And what else are we doing? And that's Five it, right? Nights at for- Freddy's. And Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. I'm, so we'll I'm keen a- for Five Nights at Freddy's. Like, I think I don't yeah. know what I don't know what kind of tone that's going for, but I saw it was from the makers of that Megan movie, which I didn't see, but I heard that mm. that was like kind it's of good. like very tongue in cheek and like really yeah. kind of went for an over the top sort of thing. And I don't mm-hmm. think you can make a movie about pseudo Chuck E. Cheese characters coming to life and murdering people and make it be serious. Right. Um, so I'm really expecting something to be a little bit over the top and silly I and, and so. have fun with it. And so I I'm kind so. of keen for it. I, th- I I'm really I'm really I'm really uh, I'm really keen for it. I'm really keen. And for that it. W- that'll be on peacock as well so to be in the theaters and on peacock which is interesting when they do the same day-to-date uh releases like they did during covid so we'll see how that plays out for the movie itself in the box office but yeah it's that's a weird poll y'all yeah yeah that's a weird like it's for free on peacock they're not even charging like a fee to watch it like well i mean you have to have peacock premium which is like i don't know seven bucks a month or something like that but I guess you could sign up for a free account, watch it, and then delete your – because they give you a trial. So you could technically sign up for a seven-day trial 
and then cancel it. So yeah, I guess you don't have to pay really. I mean, that's a, that's, that certainly is a business model to, to follow. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, you remember back in the uh, Godzilla versus Kong and I mean, all that went to HBO Max right away, but it was also during COVID. So it made a little more sense. Yeah, that made sense because theaters were either closed or if they were open, they had like the seating protocols where they had like what, yeah. a third of the seats available and all yeah, that that's stuff. That's the way and me and you go to the movies still. When, when you and I go together, we, we, I sit on one side of the theater and you get the other. I actually, I actually make Gerald <laughs> sit down in the pit, like in the front corner screen. Oh, uh, Cause I don't, man. I don't even want to. And, and then when he sits down there, the light like reflects off the top of his head and like shines in my face. It's weird. Yeah, it's too much. So too much. there you go, guys, the creator. And then some next week, we'll be talking about totally killer. I'm going to have uh, Nick talking about horror movies for the next three weeks after this. So that's going to be really exciting to see how he, uh, what he, I, I, I saw X. You're you're more of a Saw fan than I am. So I'm, I'm, I'm way more of a Saw fan than you are. Although I'm way goes. more critical of it than probably you are too. So oh, okay, all right. It's all gonna right. go. It's gonna go one of two ways. And we're dropping the Exorcist, huh? So I want I want yeah. I want your take on this. I want to know why we're dropping the Exorcist. Well, I'll tell you why. It's for you because you love Saw, and I'm more I'm more excited to see Saw than I am to see the Exorcist. I haven't seen either one as we're sitting here. I've seen but, I've seen reviews for the Exorcist believer. Uh-huh. And they're not good. <laughs> I, well, I muted it on Twitter. I don't good. know. <laughs> I, I, I muted it on Twitter. I've seen some. Uh, yeah, I saw the Rotten Tomato score. So I know it's not all around. It's not good. Yeah. They are not good, man. All right. Well, I mean, I'm going to see it. I mean, I'm going to watch it. I just don't think we can fit it into the show because I wanted to do Saw X because I know you want to talk about that. And I know you love Saw. So Definitely it only makes sense. I definitely do want to see it. I need, you know what I need to do? I need to, because this takes place between Saw, is it Saw 1 and 2 or is it Saw 2 mm-hmm. and 3? I, I can't remember. 1 and 2. Is it one, one and two? two? I'm gonna watch the first one and then re- and then watch this one. So yeah, I want yeah, I want to I want to do that as well because I want to try to kind of reimmerse myself in that world. I used to do every single Halloween G. I used to go through like, every October anyway, and I used to watch every Saw movie, every single oh, one. Wow. And then I go and then I go see the new one whenever it came out in theaters. But I stopped doing that after Saw 3D, I think, which was the seventh one. I mean, to tell you, I just one? got um, I just got this eight film Saw collection on Amazon. It was nine dollars. And it's all eight movies. Go ahead, go ahead in there and just uh, and just take uh, take Saw 3D and Saw Five and Six and any any of the ones with Costas Mandalore except for Saw Four because I still like Saw Four because I like the twist that it's happening at the same time as Three because that kind of comes out of nowhere. I do like the twist in that movie, but any of the yeah. other movies with Costas Mandalore, please throw them straight in the trash where they belong because he is one of the worst actors I've ever seen in a film. Period. I know you've mentioned it. You've mentioned it a number of times. I mean, we're talking, yeah, I know that you feel that way about that. Let's just say that. I think you've mentioned that on every episode. Two weeks, but I'm going to say it again. I know you will. Get ready. I can't wait. I'm really excited to hear it. I'm excited to see Tobin Bell back, though. I really am. I I, I do love Tobin Bell as Jigsaw. Me too. All right, well, that's in, that's in two weeks, I think. Next week is Totally Killer. I have no fucking idea. But next week is Totally Killer, so you have Amazon Prime, I hope. Check it out, and uh, if not, I'll give you my login. Don't tell anybody. And we'll come back next man. next week, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it. Nick, the creator, man. Thanks for joining me for it. And sorry it was middle of the road for us, but it was just okay. Beep boop, beep boop. All right, man. I'll see you uh, next week. Totally killer, brother. I'll see you then.